Welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. You're glad you came to church today? I'm glad you came to church today. <laughs> we want to welcome everybody again that's watching even online, whether it's Facebook, YouTube, or AbundantLife.tv. We're so glad that you've gotten connected with us. Uh, for those of you that don't know that it's here for the first time this morning, which we do welcome all of those that have gathered uh, and those that are here for the first time. My name is Sean. Uh, I am one of the pastors that's here at Abundant Life, and, and we just want to uh, welcome you all. We're so glad that you're with us. Those watching online, we're glad that you're with us. We say it every week, not for any other reason other than the fact that we believe it with all of our heart and we know it to be true that God is a good God, that God loves you today. God wants to bless you. Make no mistake about it, God's a good God, God loves you, and God wants to bless you. That is the message of the house, it's what we stand by, it's what we believe, because our God is so good, amen? Man, I'll tell you what, we could have stayed into that worship uh, time a little bit longer there. We might have to come back to that towards the, towards the end of the, uh, the sermon this morning. That was so anointed and powerful. I tell you, you know... Uh, as we were even singing that song, we're talking about I will not be shaken. And you know, the enemy wants to shake you. The enemy wants to shake your faith this year. The enemy wants you to, as your hand is on the wheel, and the word of the Lord this year is that we would remain driven or that we would be driven to have divine possession, to take ownership of every area of our life. You ever been on the road or that wheel, when you're, maybe you're on some rough terrain, some rough ground, it starts to shake a little bit. I love it what they have now in the cars, the, the, the newer vehicles. They have those things when you start to drift, it buzzes in your seat, reminds you, hey, don't go off to the left, don't go off to the right, don't be shaken, stay focused. Some of you might have been drifting a little bit this year. Today, this is going to be your spiritual buzzing to remind you, get your eyes back on the road because we've got purpose and destiny to fulfill. Let me tell you, we're only but halfway into the year, even though we've transitioned into the, into the second half of the year. I declare today that the second half of the year is going to be greater than the first half of the year. Come on, your best days are the ones that are ahead of you, not the ones that are behind you. Get your eyes out of the rearview mirror. Get focused. And know that this year you don't have to be shaken. Amen? I, I, I find it uh, absolutely... Uh, uh, appropriate today with this passage that I want to read to you as we're halfway into the year, and I believe that this will help kind of uh, get, get, get us maybe a little bit recalibrated or help us to sharpen up as we're going into the next six months. And uh, we're going we're gonna to read a passage this morning out of 2 Kings. If you have your Bible, turn with me there this morning, 2 Kings chapter 3. And I'm going to tell you up front, it's a passage. So if you hadn't gotten your Bible reading in this week, you're going to get it in today. You're going to have all your goals on your, on your watches are, are going to be completed by the time we get done with this passage. But I promise you, once we get into this thought for the, for, for, for the day, we're going to hear what the, what the word is that the Lord has for us. And I've been praying about it and God, God arrested my heart on this passage and I've been, been reading through it and meditating on it. So 2 Kings chapter 3. Uh, we're going to start in verse 9. Before we do so, uh, I just want to share with you that last week we had the most amazing Freedom Sunday service. I mean, it was so powerful and so anointed. And uh, we had the opportunity at the end of the service to, to, to make our presentation and, and to sow our freedom offering. And uh, again, as we shared with you, uh, 
the, the, the offering that's been able to come in is allowing us to be able to complete and, and start projects here at the church so that we can continue to reach our world with life. Amen? And one of our big goals this year is that we wanted to finish the pavilion outside. And uh, again, how many of you had the opportunity to join us this past Wednesday night? Man, hands all over the place. Wasn't it awesome? We just had a great, fun time of celebration and coming together. And, and it was just, it was amazing. But we got a few more things that we want to finish up out there just to be able to allow it to be uh, the space uh, that, 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 it, that it deserves to be. When I went out there, I was so proud. You know, when I walk and seeing that covering and the, and the astroturf on the ground and the lighting and stuff that's out there. And we got a few more things that we're doing. But I was so proud to say, hey, this is where we come as a community. This is where we come as a community. And the reality is this. We were able to do it because of you. Because of you. Come on now. The strength of the church, it rests on the people that believe in the message. And because you've been consistently committed and constantly believing and sowing into the vision we're able to do greater, amen? And our heart and our goal is that we're going to reach our community with life. We're going to be a witness into our community. And Wednesday night was, was just such an incredible time. And the, re the reality is that was part of what we were able to sow on this past Sunday. Of course, we share with you we want to look to expand and do some more uh, uh, projects regarding our children's ministry. They are, they're, they're at capacity. And so we want to be able to expand our children's ministry and do uh, more things down there so that we can uh, make plenty of room and space for our children to come and to receive the gospel. And, and, and so you'll hear more stuff uh, about that uh, as, as we get later into the year. We're, we're preparing to, to uh, work with some contractors and, and architects and to find out, you know, what that's going to look like. And as soon as we have it, we'll share it with you. Um, but we're excited about it because God's been faithful. You've been faithful. Amen. And so I uh, do want to encourage you at the end of the service uh, today, if you didn't have an opportunity to be with us in the service last week, um, Bishop and myself will still be here uh, to receive that freedom offering for those that want to sow uh, that seed into good ground. And we'll pray over that and believe uh, not just for what we want to see God do in this house, but what we are believing that God's going to do in your life. Amen. Our heart is we want to see you blessed and prosperous in every area, physically, mentally, spiritually, financially, relationally, emotionally, God wants you to prosper in every area of your life. So we'll do that at the end of the, the service this morning for those that came uh, uh, to, to sow that. But with that in mind, I give you plenty enough time to get to 2 Kings chapter 3. I want to get into this thing. We want to parachute down right into to this, this story right here. And the Bible says this in verse 9. So the king of Israel went with the king of Judah and the king of Edom, and they marched on that roundabout route seven days, and there was no water for the army, nor the animals that followed them. And the king of Israel said, Alas, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hands of Moab. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him? So one of the servants of the king of Israel answered and said, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, is here, who poured water out of, uh, on the hands of Elijah. And Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. I want you to catch that. The word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Edom, went down to him. 
Verse 13 says this, Then Elisha said to the king of Israel, What do I have to do with you? Go to the prophets of your father and to the prophets of your mother. But the king of Israel said to him, No, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hands of Moab. And Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look at you nor see you. But bring me a musician. Bring me a musician. Then it happened when the music played, or the musician played, that the hand of the Lord came upon him, and he said, Thus says the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain, yet the valley shall be filled, the valley shall be filled with water, so that you, your cattle, your animals may drink. And this is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. He will also deliver the Moabites into your hand. Also, you shall attack every fortified city, every choice city, and you shall cut down every good tree and stop up every spring of water and ruin every good piece of land with stones. Last verse this morning that I want to read to you, and it's verse 20, and it says, Now it happened in the morning when the grain offering was offered that suddenly, somebody say suddenly, suddenly water came by way of Edom, and the land was filled with Water. I want to speak to you from the subject line this morning, full capacity. Full capacity. Help me out this morning. Somebody say full capacity. God has designed and created you for full capacity. Now, I know this was a series that we taught back last year, but as I was preparing for today and as I was reading through this passage of Scripture, the Lord just dropped that, that, that title back into my heart, full capacity. Full capacity. See, I believe that this year, as we're halfway into the year, some of you are not at full capacity. Some of you are running on empty tanks. Some of you have been driven the first six months of the year. You've given all that you have, but you've gotten to a place that you're tired. Gotten to a place that you're feeling empty. Gotten to a place that you feel like you want to pull over to the side of the road. But the Lord is saying, the time is not for you to pull over. The time is not for you to park the car. The time is still for you to remain driven, but you got to be filled up. Tell somebody next to you, you got to be filled up. God wants you to be at full capacity. Now, I don't know if, if you experienced this, but I remember when I, when I first had a, had, had a vehicle and when you're a teenager and you're, and you're driving around and, 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 and you got to make the most of, 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 of the gasoline that's in the car. And, 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 and I remember you, make that, you learn how to stretch that fuel out. And I remember I had a couple of friends of mine that, that I mean, they would take it to the extreme. You know, they, they, didn't, they didn't have enough to fill it all the way up to a full tank. They would just fill it up to a quarter of the tank. And I, and I remember when, I, when, when we would be kind of carpooling and riding, and I would ride with some of my friends, that they, they would do everything to make that gas last. They, they would turn off all the AC. God forbid we burn up all that AC because that's going to run our gas, and we might not make it to school or hanging out wherever it was that we were going to the movies or whatever the case may be. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You'll figure out any and every way to stretch that gas all the way. And I'm like, we're in South Florida. What are we doing turning off the AC, trying to like, like, like skimp by, you know, on, 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 on just like a less than a quarter tank of, uh, of gas. And let me tell you, that's like some of us though right now. We're trying to figure out how to get by through the rest of the year. And God does not want you to get by the rest of 2022. God wants you to be filled up. God wants you to be at 
full capacity. The book of Mark chapter 4, Jesus is, is sharing the parable about the sower, and he says that there's seed that, that falls on, onto different types of ground. But he, he brings it to the end, and he said, but the seed that falls on good ground will produce some 30, some 60, some 100-fold. I don't know about you, but I want the 100-fold this year. I'm setting my sight lines on the 100-fold this year. I want to keep it 100 through the rest of the year. I want to finish this race strong. I want to finish this race filled. I want to finish this race full of joy, full of peace. I want to finish this race being mentally and emotionally uh, strong, spiritually strong, financially strong. I don't know about you, but I am not going to end this year anything less than God's best. Full capacity. In every area. But we find out in this passage that there's these three kings. There's the king of Israel. There is the king of Judah. And there's the king of Edom. These three kings. Now to kind of give you some context to the story, the king of Israel was a wicked king. He did not serve the Lord. He allowed there to be all forms of idolatry and, 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 and pagan worship in the nation of Israel. He was the son of Ahab and Jezebel. He was a very wicked man. And, and what happens that we find out just prior to the portion that we read is that Moab begins to rebel against the nation of Israel. They don't want to pay them tribute any longer. And so the king of Israel gets upset. And so he calls over Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah. He calls over the king of Edom and he says, look at this. He's rebelling against me. Don't you have my back? You ever have one of those friends that puts you in a situation that says, don't you have my back, and they tend to get you into more trouble or get you into a situation that you should have never been in to begin with, but they pull the, 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 the don't you have my back? And that's what was going on in this situation. And these three kings, they gather their three armies, and they prepare to go to war, and they're out seven days in this journey, and they run out of water. Now, that's kind of interesting that you muster up three armies and you don't have enough water for more than seven days. And here they are, they're tired and they're thirsty and they're worn out. And, and the king of Israel then goes back to the other two kings and says, well, I guess it was the Lord's will for us to be delivered into the hands of the enemy. Wait, hold on, joker. You just told us that we need to have your back and go against this enemy, these Moabites, only for us to be thirsty and tired. And now you're saying it was the Lord's will. You ever had one of those friends before? You get into the middle of the situation, and, 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 and now they say, well, you know, I guess, you know, I, I, I guess this was what the plan was supposed to be, that we would fail. I'm going to tell you this this morning. You need to reevaluate the people that you have in your life. Because the trouble that you have is found in the company that you keep. I'm going to help you with that. For some of you, the trouble that you have right now is found in the company that you keep. And you need to be very careful this year to follow the word of the Lord and not the word of man. And many of us, we're getting hooked up to the word of man and we're losing focus of the word of the Lord. Because the word of the Lord said that this would be a year that we would take possession, that we would have ownership, that we would, that we would walk in authority, that we would be prosperous. But we're getting hooked up on the, on the words of man. Listen, I'm going to tell you this. God did not call me to be a preacher of the government, but a preacher of the gospel. So I'm telling you, I'm going to preach to you based upon what the word is that's going to move my life into purpose and destiny, not the word of what the world is saying. 
And you got to reevaluate who is in your circle, who is in your life, who is speaking into your ear. See, the, the interesting thing is this, the, the, the nation of Israel wandered for 40 years, 40 years in a desert, because the company that they had was a mindset. The trouble that Israel had when they left from Egypt before they got to the promised land, for 40 years, the trouble they had was the company that they kept in their mind. And some of you are keeping bad company in your mind today. It's time for you to evict them, tell them to go, serve notice. Bad thoughts, poor thinking, worldly thinking, you got to go. You cannot take residence here. I'm not keeping bad company in my mind. I'm not keeping bad company in my heart. I'm not keeping bad company around me. I'm surrounding myself with the word of the Lord and people that are carriers of the word of the Lord. And that's why you got to be careful who you get hooked up with, who, who, who you're rubbing shoulders with. You say, yeah, but they go to church, but not everybody that goes to church believes the way that I believe. Not everybody that, 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 that believes in the Lord believes that the Lord produces the full capacity. You got to be careful in who, you, who you're hanging out with. You got to be careful to who you're listening to online. Yeah, but, but, but that was a good word, but was it the God word that he had for you this year? So a lot of us, we want to tune our ears into a good word. We all got 10 to 15 preachers on our Instagram account at one time being pastored by 10 to 15 different churches. If you come to this church, this is the word of the Lord that should be serving for your purpose. You say, well, that's pretty arrogant, Sean. That's pretty bold of you. No, I submit myself to the word of this house. I live by the word of this house. I go back to the word of the Lord that was spoken on New Year's Eve night because I know that's the word that God assigned for Abundant Life Church in Margate, Florida, for me to reach my world with life. I don't need a word out of Georgia. I don't need a word out of California. I don't need a word out of another nation. I need the word that God assigned for this house and for my life got to be careful about the company that you keep. And so what I love about this is Jehoshaphat, he's, he's, he's out there with these two other kings and the king of Israel is complaining and whining and, and, and begins to, to, to change the, 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 the whole scenario. And I love it. Jehoshaphat says, is there not a man of God who's got the word of the Lord? Is there not a prophet who has the word of the Lord? I want to ask you this this, this, this question, are you still contending and seeking and being driven with the word of the Lord for this year? He says, is there not? Is there not? Verse 11, he says, is there not a prophet of the Lord here? I'm going to be submitted to the word. I'm going to be submitted to what God has and the moment that Jehoshaphat begin to inquire, they say, well, by the way, yes, there is a man. There is a man. There's, there's a prophet by the name of Elisha. And, 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 and he is, he's a man that has a word. And I love that it even says that, that he, he takes note and he says the word of the Lord is within, is within him. And so what we find out is Jeho, uh, Jehoshaphat inquires about Elisha. Elisha comes in on the scene and Elisha first sizes up the king of Israel looks at him and says, I don't like you. You don't serve the Lord. You don't believe. The, the only reason why I'm here, if it had not been for this godly man that does believe the word of the Lord. Let me tell you, there's going to be people in your life because you believe that are going to experience the blessings of God because God's going to bless you up so much that miracles will begin to fall out of your pockets. And they're going to think, oh, 
but it's your witness in your testimony. I'm telling you, so he goes over, Jehoshaphat goes over to Elisha, and Elisha says, if it wasn't for you, I would not even be, I wouldn't even come. If it wasn't for you, I'm looking at this wicked man. He says, go to the prophets of your, of your mother and your father. And they weren't godly prophets. They were prophets of Baal. They were prophets that, 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 that focused on idolatry and, 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 and all kinds of sinful worship. He says, but if it wasn't for you. Let me tell you today, if it wasn't for you, you be the one that makes the difference this year. I said, you be the one that makes the difference this year. Yeah, but my household, no, you be the one in your household. You be the one that begins to contend for the things of God for your house. You be the one that begins to pray for your children. You be the one that begins to pray for your church. You be the one that begins to seek after breakthrough and favor for your life that will make an impact with those that are around you. You be the one. We can't put off responsibility to somebody else this year. No, you be the one that's in the driver's seat this year. I love we were talking about it earlier with our team meeting and we were saying about having gas in the tank and Pastor Reese was mentioning about the fact that some of you need to get out of your Uber vehicles and get in your own personal cars, start driving somewhere. You take responsibility. You be the one this year that would make the difference. And as he's encountering the prophet and, 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 and he, he, he seeks after Elisha, I love this, Elisha, <laughs> Elisha gets so upset at the king of Israel, he says, bring me a musician. Bring me a musician. Now, have you ever woken up in the morning and it felt like all hell was breaking loose? You felt like everything was falling apart and you were frustrated. Maybe you got into an argument with your spouse or maybe your kids made a mess in the house or broke something or maybe you, you just got a bad email that you woke up to, you thought your day was starting all good and then you found out, man, everything's going south fast and then you find yourself getting into your car and you turn on some worship music and the atmosphere begins to change and everything that you felt like was falling apart, all of a sudden God begins to strengthen you, renew you, refresh you, revive you, restore you. You ever have one of those moments before? You ever come to church, maybe you this morning, tired and thirsty because you got to walk through the hot heat to get all the way into this building? Bless you. So thankful that y'all are so committed to coming to church. And you find yourself just kind of frustrated and, and annoyed, but you step in to an atmosphere and you find out that I will not be shaken. And all of a sudden, the worship begins to change everything. It's called atmosphere. Some of you just need some new atmosphere. See, that's why you can't just come in late to church to hear a word. You can't just come in to hear a word. No, you got to get your heart and your mind and your spirit prepared because the atmosphere begins to change. That's why some people, they'll come to church and they'll hear nothing. And other people, they'll hear something. And that something becomes the key to their breakthrough because they allowed the atmosphere of the worship to begin to prepare themselves for what the word was about to speak to their heart. See, this was the issue that you had with the rich young ruler. So y'all didn't understand this. The, the rich young ruler has everything to do with worship. So what are you talking about? 
The rich young ruler comes to Jesus and he says, what do I got to do to get an all-access pass to the kingdom of heaven? He says, follow the laws. He said, well, I've been doing that since the youth. Jesus is like, all right, that was a softball. I'm going to throw you a fast pitch now. Take all your possessions, sell them, give to the poor, take up your cross, and follow me. And you know the story. It says that the rich young ruler, he walked away very sorrowful because he, he took great pride in the value of his possessions. And what does Jesus say? How hard it is for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. It's easier for a camel to enter through the eye of the needle. What is the eye of the needle? The eye of the needle was the entryway into the city that was narrow and was small. And what it required was the camel, which the camel, by the way, was responsible to carry the earthly possessions of travelers, had every possession, would carry all the different personal items of the travelers. If you think about back in the Old Testament, when, when Joseph basically went in and, 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 and tricked, tricked his, his, his brothers and loaded the camels up with his own personal belongings to keep Benjamin back with him. What were they doing? They were loading up the camels with all of the riches and all of the gold, all of the belongings. A camel to get through the eye of the needle has to strip off every bit of possession and has to get on its knees low and has to begin to lay down to be able to make its way through. And the problem with the rich young ruler is that he valued possession over presence. And what I'm trying to tell you this morning is when you begin to value the presence of God more than you do earthly possessions, then God will position you to have divine possession because you're willing to put him first. And so when I allow my life to come before the Lord and worship, then all of a sudden the atmosphere begins to change. So now that I can get in position, so that now I can have divine possession, but it's not going to happen until I'm willing to lay before the Lord and say, God, I need presence. <laughs> Elisha said, I got to get a musician here because I need some presence. I'm annoyed and I can't stay in a state of annoyance. I need to get to the anointing. And some of you this year have gotten so annoyed with what's been going on in politics, in our nation, and what's happening around the world that you've compromised the anointing in your life. You need an atmosphere change. You need to begin to get yourself before the Lord and say, I'm not looking left, I'm not looking right. I don't care what's happening around the world. I am a child of the Most High God. I am putting Jesus first. I'm going to live my life with presence. Presence produces power. And I want to live my life powerful. And so we, the musician comes in. And they begin to sing, I will not be shaken. <laughs> I can see that. Elisha so annoyed. <sighs> he was annoyed because he was looking at the king of Israel, who was not a God-fearing God-believing, faithful man, and he was so frustrated. And some of you are looking at others getting so frustrated. You're getting so frustrated that now you're not walking in the anointing. And we need the anointing in the church. The anointing is what breaks the yoke of bondage. The anointing is what empowers us as believers to be able to see breakthrough. The anointing is what makes all the room for the signs and wonders and miracles. 
The anointing is what allows us to write our testimony of God's goodness and faithfulness in our life. The anointing isn't for some. The anointing is for anyone that's in Christ Jesus. For Christ means the anointed one. And if anyone is in Christ in the anointing, you're a new creation, which means you don't have to act like the world. You don't have to operate like the world. You can operate the way that Jesus operates. For he says, as he is, so are we in this earth. We need the anointing back. The church needs the anointing back. And I'm not particularly saying abundant life because I thank God that we, that we prioritize the anointing of the house. But I'm talking about the church at large. Enough playing games. Enough, enough, enough coming in there with these, 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 these shows that we're putting on. Some churches, they're just playing secular music just, just to get people into the door. There's no anointing in that. I don't want music in our church. I want worship in our church. The word music comes from the word muse, means to be entertained. I'm not looking to be entertained. I'm looking to enter in and worship. Coming before the Lord and laying down before the Lord and worship. Because worship becomes the breeding ground for miracles. And so Elisha, so we, 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 need, we need the anointing. And, 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 and so he, he, bring, he brings the, the, the young man in and he begins to, he begins to worship. And everything begins to change. It reminds me of, of, of when Saul had that disturbing demonic spirit. What did he do? He brought in David, who was a worshiper. And that worship began to drive out the demons. I'm here to tell you, when you allow an atmosphere change, worship will begin to drive out the demons. It'll drive out the demonic oppression. It'll drive out the demonic spirits that would bring fear. It'll drive out the demon of poverty and the demon of sickness. Now, let me tell you, the atmosphere begins to change when we just become before the Lord in His presence. We need presence. We need presence. God, allow us to enter into your presence this morning. And as, as things begin to happen and the worship begins to strike up, the word of the Lord comes to Elisha. Oh, I love this. The word of the Lord, it comes to Elisha. And here's what Elisha says. If we can put this back up on the screen, I want us to, to look at this. He said, then it happened. The hand of the Lord came upon him in verse 16, and he said, thus says the Lord, Make this valley full of ditches. Make this valley full of ditches. I can't have a sermon talking about digging ditches if I don't have myself a shovel. It's only appropriate. Now, this is my shovel from home. So please make sure I take this home or else my wife won't be happy. She has this dream of being an amazing gardener. Continue to pray for her. Ooh, that's going to earn me a rebuke. And then I'm going to be the one digging the ditches. I'm digging myself into a ditch right now. The word of the Lord comes to Elisha and he says, dig the ditches. The word of the Lord didn't come to Elisha and said, I'm going to dig a ditch. He said, the word of the Lord came to Elisha, and Elisha said to the kings, you go dig the ditch. Let me tell you something. You take ownership this year. Listen, you make your way prosperous this year. You make yourself fruitful this year. Stop complaining. Stop complaining. Start 
grabbing your shovel. Grab your shovel. What, 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 what did Paul tell Timothy? He says, Timothy, you fan the flame. He said, I laid hands on you and so I know there's faith in you, but you're the one that's got to stir it up. You need to grab your spiritual shovel and say, I'm going to dig me my ditch. Why was it important that they were digging ditches? It's because they were creating capacity. They were creating capacity. Let me tell you this. Your job is to dig a ditch. God's job is to fill it. Some of you are worrying about, God, how are you going to fill it? He's saying, stop worrying about me. You just grab your shovel and you dig your ditch. You create capacity this year. And watch how I'll begin to fill it and how I'll begin to move in your life. Some of us begin getting so frustrated this year. We're looking at everybody else. We're complaining about everything. And God's saying, you need to dig your ditch. You need to take responsibility this year. Take ownership. No one can create capacity but you. No one can create capacity but you. Don't worry about how God is going to do it. He said this in verse 15. You shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain. Yet the valley shall be filled with water. See, we've been sitting here looking at what's going on in the world around us and we're trying to figure out how is God going to fix it? And God's saying, you're trying to figure me out when you should just be digging a ditch. And the prophet says, don't look at the wind, don't look at the rain. You just dig your ditch and create capacity. Now, can I give you a little interesting note? He asked them to dig ditches in the valley, but that valley was actually a river. It was a riverbed. Say, why would the prophet give a word telling them to dig a ditch in an area that was already dug out? Some of you have been settling for 30 and 60, but this year God wants to increase your capacity to contain more. He wants you to dig a ditch in what has already been dug so that God can do deeper in your purpose and in your destiny. Some of you have just been accepting getting by and God's saying, no, grab your shovel, dig your ditch and create greater capacity because I'm going to fill you up to full capacity this year. If you're willing to remain driven, dig your ditch because I'm going to fill it up. I'm going to fill it up and I'm going to flow it out. I'm going to fill it up and I'm going to overflow you. God's not here just to sustain you. God's here to increase you. God wants you to thrive. He doesn't want you to get by. God's got greater and greater and greater. You say, Sean, well, I'm just, I'm at a season of my life that I'm tired and, and, and my best years were the ones that are behind me. No, I rebuke that today, that small talk. I rebuke that small talk and I'm here to tell you today your best days are ahead of you. Your best days are ahead of you. Your best days are ahead of you, but it's for those that are willing to take ownership this year. Will you take ownership of the word of the Lord and dig your ditch? I want to close with this last thought this morning. See, I was thinking about digging because recently we actually were, we were uh, preparing to replant some plants in the front of our house. Um, but in order to do that, we actually, we had a tree that was in the front of our house that, that, that needed to go. And so my wife asked me, um, you know, can, can we get a saw and chop it down or saw it down? And then she asked me six months later, 
can we chop that tree down? And I, and I told her, I said, you already told me. You don't have to tell me every six months. If I said I'll do it, I'll do it. We'll get there. We did. We did. Tell you what, man. Spirit of the Lord and an energy drink came upon me. I grabbed a hatchet. And I like straight Paul Bunyan that thing right out of the ground. One arm. I mean, I just went at it. I was like, my neighbors probably think I'm some raging lunatic out there. I mean, I just was like, hack, hack, hack. And then I did, I did something that I, to me, I felt like it was epic. You know, like when it's on its last like little piece, I'd like put the hatchet down. And then I, then, then I did like a superhero kick. And I like, like as if I kicked the tree out of the ground. It didn't happen. It felt awesome. And so I'm feeling great. I took a photo of it and I showed her. I said, hey, look at what I did this morning. And she, was, she tells me, yeah, but did you dig out the roots from the ground? I was like, no, more work to do in six months. <laughs> so a couple days later, she, uh, she took the shovel, took ownership of the situation, and I see her out there doing yard work. And I mean, she's working hard and, and, and I saw her and, and, and you say, well, what are you doing looking at her? Why don't you go out and help? I'm getting there, I did. I got out there eventually. So I got out there and, and so I, we're looking at it. And I said, for a tree so small, I never would have thought that this root would have gone so deep. There's some things in your life that you think are so big. You know what the word said in this? The word said in this, the valley shall be filled with water, your cattle and your animals shall drink. And this is a simple matter in the eyes of the Lord. And for some of us, we've been glorifying problems in our life that we think are so big, but yet they're just so small. And all you gotta do is take your shovel out and just uproot the remains that's in the ground. See, what's keeping you from your full capacity are things in your life that you need to get uprooted and to get out. And it's keeping you from being able to dig your ditch and prepare yourself for what God's about to release. And so here we are, we're out there and we're, 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 we're cutting at this root, cutting at this root. It must have taken, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes, 45 minutes. I mean, this was one tough root. It was big in, in the ground. The tree was small, but the root was deep. So we're going at it, we're going at it, we're going at it. And finally, I saw that there was one root left. And I felt so cool. I had like a call of duty moment. I was like, kill shot. And then I stabbed it. That's what I did. I yelled it out, I said, kill shot. <laughs> Took that root out, picked up that root and I threw it. Felt amazing. <laughs> this is my story. This is how I perceive it. <laughs> but we got that root out. And as I was thinking about this and preparing even for today, I thought to myself, I'm willing just to take ownership and I recognize the authority that I have 
then when the enemy is trying to come in with things that don't need to be planted in my life, I can just look at it and say, Satan, kill shot, you're out. Some of us, we feel like we got to go through some crazy transformation, some shifts, some change. Listen, just get before the Lord, get into the presence of God, dig your ditch, and just say, Satan, you have no right to have anything planted into my ground, into my ditch. You're not going to get involved in my capacity. No, 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 no. This year, I dig my ditch so that God can begin to fill me up. I want to tell you today, God wants to fill you up. And maybe there's some things in your life that you need to get out. Maybe there's some things that don't belong there that you've tolerated. But I'm here to tell you because this year, God's about to do a new thing. I said God's about to do a new thing in your life. You're not even going to have room enough to contain it. God's going to do a new thing. But here's the thing, you got to prepare yourself. You got to allow yourself to be a container for God's blessing. I don't want the 30. I don't want the 60. I want a hundredfold. I want full capacity in my life this year. And so the Bible says, though, when they gave a grain offering, that suddenly God began to flow the water. Oh, I love it. The moment they sowed a seed, God moved suddenly. I want to help somebody out with this. Last week you might have come in and sowed your freedom offering and you thought God was going to move immediately. God's not in the fast food business. God's not going to necessarily move immediately. He's going to move suddenly. Suddenly means in an unexpected way. Stop trying to put God in your spiritual box as to how you think he's going to function in your life. Some of you are trying to put parameters around God, but really you're putting parameters around your own faith. And you're keeping yourself from full capacity because you're trying to play God. Stop trying to play God. Start trusting God. Sow your seed, dig your ditch, and let God begin to move. Suddenly. Unexpectedly. It's not going to come by wind. It's not going to come by rain. It's going to come unexpectedly. But are you prepared? Or have you prepared yourself? Today I want to charge you, prepare yourself. Thank you for listening. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and He wants to bless you.